Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. People of color have made strides to be recognized and celebrated across many art spaces in the U.S., but classical ballet continues to look overwhelmingly white. However, this holiday season in Chicago, at A&A Ballet's production of The Nutcracker, three dancers of color have lead roles. Tatiana Chen will play the Sugar Plum Fairy, and you can catch Shania Cook and Rojan Shabahang playing Clara in different performances. I spoke with the trio about the production and what it's been like to be a part of the growing diversity in the field. I started off by asking the dancers what drew them to ballet in the first place. Here's Tatiana. So my mom, um, Anna Spellman, she was um, a dancer in ABT, and uh, she like kind of led me into ballet at a really young age. Um, I was always like in the studio because she was teaching all the time and taking class. So I think. Yeah, that kind of is what drew me to ballet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that had to be, it was almost like in, in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. In, in the very fabric. Uh, Shania, what about you? Okay, so a lot of people don't know this about me, but when I was younger, I used to be like a hip-hop dancer. And I was at this studio where we had ballet and hip-hop all together. And one day, my mom sits me down and she's like, Shania, you have to pick hip-hop or ballet. So I did this hip-hop thing, and I was doing it, and I had this show with this amazing woman. I unfortunately forgot her name, but we had this show, and at the end, I realized that I didn't want this to be my career. So I went to my mom, and I was like, okay, let's give ballet another try. Mm. We go and give ballet another try, and... um. Honestly, when I gave it another try, I started feeling my self-esteem, like, go up more. Really? And I feel like as, like, a young black woman, that is very important (laughs) to have good self-esteem. And so ever since then, like, confidence and, like, my self-esteem is really what drives me to ballet because it's really when you hit that stage is when you really feel it, like, in rehearsal, you're not really going to feel that much. Yeah. But once you are on that stage, the that lights are in your face, yes, mm-hmm. you feel that confidence. What's your story, Rojan? Yeah, so I am a second-generation Iranian immigrant. And my mom originally put me into ballet because Western forms of dance are actually forbidden in Iran. And ballet was always something that my mom loved and she always wanted to do it but never had the opportunity to. And so she put me into ballet. And at first, I I really just thought, oh, it's because ballet is so beautiful and all this. But growing up, I've realized that it's it's more than just about ballet. It's about being able to freely express yourself mm-hmm. and show your emotions and have the ability to express yourself so publicly on on a big platform like like we're having in on Saturday. Yeah, and um, that's an opportunity that so many 
people don't have, particularly women in Iran, where they're fighting over simple liberties and their right to their own life. Yeah, how many Persian or Iranian ballet dancers do you know? Exactly. I, I don't know any of them. And How does I, that make you feel? It it's It's really heartbreaking because growing up, I didn't really have anybody to look up to. Everyone around me, you know, I, I've never really, not even like big celebrities I haven't seen that are Iranian or even Iranian American. So for me, doing this role and being in this production is such a big accomplishment, not only for me, but for my Iranian community. You were born in the U.S., Tatiana, but your your dad, I understand, was born in China, yes. right? So how diverse were your classes early on when you think back? Um, honestly, in Chicago, in Chicago, it didn't feel like very diverse, in my opinion. Um, I did have a couple of chances to visit China when I was younger, and um, obviously there I felt um, really comfortable, like at home almost. I remember returning from those trips, I kind of felt almost out of place, and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and being an African-American dancer, Shania, I mean, there had to be some challenges early on in the game? Honestly, like going into like dancing, it wasn't hard for me, but I feel like when I got older and I went to New York, um, I feel like the diversity was just so off being the only black girl in the class. And like, I felt so misplaced because my body doesn't shape like the average American white girl, I guess. And so trying not to compare myself to what's that been like women. The, the the comparison or the the urge to do that it's actually really hard um because as a little girl my teachers used to compare me a lot so i started to do it naturally to myself and honestly like it's so hard to like try to like hey like this is me and i'm not this other person and I feel like now I've gotten to that age where it's like, okay, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do the best that I can. And it doesn't matter no matter what anybody else says. But when you're younger, it really does mess with your head a little bit. Yeah. Are there black ballerinas that you look up to as role models? Um, Yes, I am in love with Precious Adams. I love her so much. Um, I love Misty Copeland, but I feel like Precious Adams is like, my top favorite. Um, how do you feel about the lack of representation and role models for you, Rojan, in the industry? Well, you know, historically, if you look at ballet, ballet started in Italy and it was created among the wealthy and in, in the high class. And once Catherine de Medici married King Louis XIV, it came to France, and Louis XIV loved ballet so much, and he created the first ballet company in the ballet school. So ballet historically is created among the wealthy and is very much rooted in uniformity. And it's really only in the last couple of years, especially in America, where we've really started to question that boundary and question what is a typical ballerina supposed to look like. So... It's very uh, a great opportunity for us to be a part of that kind of push forward. And while I may not have many role models um, that are Iranian-American, 
to look up to. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to kind of be that representative and right. be a role model for others who don't have the opportunity um, but would love to. You are going to be the role model, right? <laughs> is there pressure that comes with that, you think? There is pressure. And, you know, I tend to be very hard on myself, not just because of that, but in general, in the ballet world, I feel like there is a pressure to always be on top of everything and take everything very personally. And um, it, it's just a very hard career in general. And to have that added on top of that is very difficult. But um, you know what they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> that is right. That is right. What about you, Tatiana? Do you have role models in the industry? Yeah. Um, so my mom, um, although she is a Caucasian woman, I always look up to her. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, Xian Liu at um, Dutch is really beautiful. And also, um, I'm not sure her full name, but uh, Yuan ba Ballet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's also from Dutch and she's really gorgeous. Now, I want to talk about some of the financial barriers um, that I just mentioned uh, to becoming a ballerina. How much did lessons cost you, Tatiana? Well, when I started really taking it seriously and like wanting to do it uh, full time almost, I think per year it's like around 7,000. But I know a lot of schools in like Europe are up to almost 40,000. So it's like. Wow, what crazy. a range. Yeah. yeah as, you, as you get more serious and as training gets more rigorous, the tuition costs tend to go more up. And then on top of that, you have, you know, point shoes, ballet shoes, yeah. leotards, tights, costumes, mm -hmm. um, pr additional private lessons. And it is a lot. Well, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, Rajan, all the equipment, right, and all the, the things you need to, to be successful in this industry. Ballet shoes being one of them. Now, that pink color that a lot of us recognize, it's called European pink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The shoes aren't just pink because pink is a cute color. Right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Why that shade? Yeah, well, originally, like I was talking about before, ballet was created among the wealthy. And who were the wealthy? You know, your typical white European um, ballet dancer. And so, obviously, if your skin is white, then you wear pink or close to your skin color. But what does it mean for Tides dancers like you with exactly. darker skin tones? Uh, so growing up, a lot of times for performances, like we have to do this year, we have to pancake our shoes. So we have to take yeah. foundation that's close to our skin color and paint our shoes because... So you're taking makeup meant for the face, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> exactly. typically, and exactly. you're pancaking your shoe. It's, it's funny because I just saw, uh, just last <laughs> week, it came up on my feed. Misty Copeland oh, posted yeah. an Instagram um, reel. My mom, she brought that up to me. Yes. I was outraged because I, I'm not in the industry, so I was thinking, in 2023, why would she, and she's at the top of her game, why would Misty Copeland have to be sitting there tediously blotting brown a brown shade all over her pink shoes and not just the shoe but the ribbon the long ribbons right it takes forever and you're doing multiple pairs you know what does that say about the ballet landscape today tatiana what do you think uh i thought the exact same thing when i saw this video like misty copeland out of all people right. having to do this like I mean, there are some like point shoe brands that have the option for other colors, but 
they should all have it at this yeah, point all in my of them. view. But it's also very limited. It's not like it's widely available everywhere, you know. Point shoes are already hard to get, let alone, you know, colored point shoes. Yeah, I feel like um, as someone who has to go through, you know, the color changes, brands do have colored point shoes, like Tatiana said, but it depends on what your skin tone is. Yeah. Like, if you are more darker of a complexion, uh, you're going to ha- have more luck with finding a point shoe, but if you're like me, where you're on the, like, caramelish side but you're also like not that light and it's just really hard yeah tell us more about this year's production of, of the nutcracker while, while we have you here rojan i mean i know it has a 1920s twist mm-hmm. right so how are you preparing for that so yes it's very art deco as we call it it's called the art deco <laughs> nutcracker okay. uh, the party scene is very fun and uh, funny, actually. <laughs> so hopefully you get a good laugh if you come. But especially in the second act, we have different dances representing different ethnicities and different cultures. So while we are celebrating dance and we are celebrating the holidays together, it's also a celebration of different cultures and diversity and it really brings us all together and it's a really special moment that we're all able to share together not only as dancers on stage but also with the audience are you excited for your role tatiana yeah i'm (laughs) super excited yeah what do you want people to know going into the show um i want them to know um how much like hard work was put in how many hours we were in the studio (laughs) working on this and um I just like hope it's a really good performance and that they can tell how much we all love to dance and stuff. And I think what makes it really unique is that you're coming to see us as the dancers, right? Because there are so many different nutcrackers, but what makes this nutcracker different is that, you know, it's Tatiana, it's Shania, it's Rojan. So it's really how our personalities can morph into these characters and we're sharing our perspective and our story through our dancing because ballet is a living art form and what makes it alive is the expression that we're able to share together as dancers on stage but as I said with the audience as well so when the audience comes and sees us it's really getting to know us more as well what do you hope folks take away from the show Shania I want them to feel Um, a sense of gratitude after leaving I kind of want them to realize that we do put in a lot of hard work and sometimes there's blood sweat and tears on that dance floor and you know we gave it all we got and I just want them to feel like oh my god I just saw the nutcracker it was the best thing ever let me tell you about it you know like that's how I want people to feel a nice unique rendition (laughs) and and we also care about our audience you know I feel like a lot of people when they go and see the show they're like oh you know they feel so distant from the characters on stage but at least for me it's a big goal of mine to kind of give back to my community with my performance and really connect with my audience and everyone around me and I think that's a really special moment and a special thing about ballet um, and that it's not just about the dancing it's it's more than that yeah we've been talking to three ballerinas from this year's holiday production of the Nutcracker at A&A Ballet Tatiana Chen will play the Sugar Plum Fairy 
Shania Cook and Rojan Shabahang are playing Clara in different performances, and you can catch their first performance this Saturday, December the 2nd. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. This episode of The Reset Pod was produced and edited by Brenda Ruiz. We host conversations like this one each day on Reset. You can tune in live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 91.5 FM or through WBEZ's website or mobile app. That's it for this episode. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again soon. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.